It's still flashing. It won't go in. It won't, it's just flashing. Okay. What you're probably... Welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 172, His Own Love. Now, I'd like to start out this teaching, which will be the last teaching of Milkshake Monday for the year 2021, with a recap of some things that are very humbling to me, which is to recap what I experienced through to 2020. And so let me just share. I remember that Rev and I were so surprised that we felt like we just finished, uh, excuse me, 2021. We just finished 2020 and then we're already at 2021. And we had just gone back into on-site services uh, this past. We started in September, but in the new year, we were still going strong in the church and we still have been. So that was happening in January, February. We were blessed because we were able to have Rev strong enough to stand up and give the marriage vows in his robe on an icy day to Broderick and Albany for them to get married on Valentine's Day. And it was such an accomplishment because we were in prayer that he would be having the strength to actually stand there. So that was a wonderful accomplishment. We also recognized that with the pandemic, Faith was able to be home in 2021 to basically finish out her sophomore year. And then she was able to go on site when it came to this fall semester and she just successfully finished that. So that was an accomplishment. I also praise God only through the grace of God was able to have God share with me the messages for Milkshake Monday, even in the midst of the sickness and disease that Rev was having as, as well as his transition to the Lord. We only missed probably two or three of the Milkshake Mondays, but praise God, he was able to share the message of truth and God blessed me to be able to teach. I was grateful that my mom, who's 92, my aunt, 96, and a lot of my relatives, my sister and brothers and in-laws and family and friends at Resurrection have been able to see the Lord blessed them with another year of life. And that is a grateful testimony to his love and his patience. I have been so grateful for all of you in not just your listening to Melchick Monday, but you being prayerful for Reverend Helm, myself, our family throughout this entire year. And now I have felt your prayers. I have been strengthened by your prayers. I have been encouraged and uplifted through the Holy Spirit, through the comfort of God, through your prayers. And I can't say enough to everyone, whether I'll ever see you in person or not. I just praise God and thank God for all of you. I want to share. It's been a testimony for the members of our congregation who have been in and out of medical facilities and rehabs and life and death situations. I just praise God for them. I praise God for everyone that helped us through the hospice, my brothers and sisters-in-law, my relatives, all the people that were here, the membership of resurrection, the friends that call the preachers that were praying and checking on him. Reverend knows the Lord and, you know, some people use the expression, I lost my husband. I didn't lose him. I know where he is. He's in heaven. I tr tremendously have a hole in my heart because of missing my brother in Christ, but I know where he is. And if I want to listen to his voice, teach the message of God like you, I can push a button on YouTube, push a button in Facebook and hear the message of God, which is fresh every time I hear it because God's word never returns void. And that doesn't matter if the messenger is in heaven or not. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of you. I thank you for my children who are grown adults. They have been so wonderfully helpful and 
supportive and encouraging their mother during this time. Thank you for the relatives. Pam's always online. Danita and all of you all who helping to type the messages and the scriptures on Facebook and those things. I appreciate it. I even appreciate my little doggy. He will not let his mama out of his sight. He's a little needy thing, but he's squeaky and he loves me and he's been a great little companion. I, I don't want to miss anybody that I just want to say thank you that you've been a part of my life and I am so grateful for that. I'm trying to say this so I don't cry, but I'm just very grateful. I also need you all to continue in prayer. I have been as a singer many times when I sing a song of praise or worship, it really has to penetrate my heart so me I can sing it out of my heart. One of the songs that I was privy to listen to, I, I shared it earlier in the night, Jaira. I never heard this song by Elevation before. That's the worship group Elevation. I happened to have a friend tell me his favorite praise song. And in listening to that praise song on YouTube, all of this playlist came in and I heard Waymaker. And boy, I love that song now too. But Jaira came on and I never heard it. And I listened to the words and some of the words I want to read to you because I have to confess before God and to you that with Rev going to be with the Lord, I didn't realize how much that I would have this whole. And we all know that Jesus plus nothing is everything. And I understand that in my mind, in my heart, but some part of me through this loss has struggled with that. And I'm going to let you hear these words because when you think about what to pray for with Sister Helm, this teaching is helping me. This teaching, uh, like any preacher will say, I'm, I'm a teacher, but any preacher will say that when they're preaching a sermon or teaching us a, a sermonette or a talk from the word of God, God is ministering to them first. And this is an opportunity for me to learn his own love because that's coming out of Romans five, which you're going to see in a second, but God demonstrates his own love. And in this song that I want you to go back on my post and listen to it. And just, it says, I am already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. It's going to make me cry because when you're in grief and your identity of being a wife to a man of 23 years almost and being in love 25 years, it changes. And I'm trying to get through this so I can do the teaching. But I know who I am. I'm already chosen. I, I know who I am. I know what you, you've spoken. I am already loved more than I can fathom. That is enough. And I got to tell you guys that as I have been in prayer, I seek to understand in my whole being that no matter where Rev is, or if I ever find another loved one in my life, my kids, whatever, that Jesus alone is enough. And he's given me his love and he's died on the cross for me. And that's his own love. And I wanted to share about his own love because I know there are people that are going into this possible new year ending with the Christmas celebration where they may have had people to share that they love them, or they may be thinking that they're not adequate enough, or they don't have enough, or nobody cares about them, or they're frightful for what's going to happen in the new year. I want you to hear this from my heart to your heart as God is ministering to me that God has demonstrated his own love toward us, toward you and toward me. And nothing that Satan can lie and cause us to not appreciate that he loved us so much that even in the midst of knowing every sin that we have committed and will commit, 
that he still came for us. And I know that there are a lot of people who know Christ and watch Milkshake Monday, but there are a lot of people that just pass by. And I'm just hoping that one of them who's questioning, are they worthy for God's love? I want you to hear yes. I want you to hear through my tears that he chose us and he loved us enough that even in spite of knowing our sin and our sinful nature and our state that Adam put us in back in Genesis, that he loved us enough and he loved you enough that he came to die for us. And what we celebrated in Christmas time was him coming, but he didn't just come. He came with the purpose of knowing he had to ransom his own life voluntarily that had no sin because we had the sin. And if he didn't do that, we would be in hell with Satan. So I want you to hear in the most humble way, the scriptures tonight, I said it's an encouragement for the start of the new year, but it's, a, it's an encouragement for every day you start because it's not guaranteed that any of us, me included, will see the new year because God knows the pages that are in our book. And he knows when we start with our natural birth, with our ending, where he says, that's it. You've done what you've come for me in my ministry to do, and now it's time to go home. And Rev has had that happen. But those of us who are still here with the breath of life, and I hear everybody call sometime to talk to me, and they start to talk about what they don't feel right. They don't feel good. But you are alive, and God has you alive for the, his purpose. So let's go to Romans chapter 5, and let's read this scripture for ourselves. And I want to slow it down because I want us to hear personally intimately put your name in the word us. When you start to hear unbelief, doubt, distrust, Satan lying to you, I want you to hear these words and you keep repeating them to you until you feel like that song says that you're enough because he's enough. He's chosen us before the foundation of the world. He chose to come because of his own love. So we're in Romans chapter five, verse eight. But God demonstrates and that demonstrates is current tense. It didn't say he demonstrated. It said, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. Read that five or 10 times every day. If you're going through depression or if you're going through something where you feel like you're just not good enough, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, it says still sinners. Don't just jump to sinners. Why we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, that's where we were when we sinned. One sin was too many. The wages of sin is death. But we have Christ who had no sin and his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now I want you all to see something right next door to Romans five verses eight through 10. I want you to look at chapter seven because you may say, Oh, 
Sister Helen, we just don't understand. You don't understand. I've done so many things. You just don't know. I was sitting at the table with one of my relatives and we had this game and they talked about some things. She said, oh, I can't talk to you about these things. And all of us said, honey, we lived the life. We know what you're talking about. We've been done. We've done that stuff. And he said, oh, no, this is about sex. Y'all have none. I was like, honey, we ain't just woke up yesterday. You ain't going to tell us something that we haven't heard or done ourselves. I said, God has forgiven us all of our sins. None of us is righteous. No, not one, only Christ. So don't think that you have relatives or you yourself have done something that all of a sudden God's going to be shocked about. I want y'all to go to Romans seven verses five. I'm going to talk about these sins because people keep saying, I can't go to God till I get myself right. You're never going to get yourself right. Only through that blood can any of us not, we're not righteous. He's righteous. It's his blood, but I want you to see these sins and I'm going to read out of the new King James, but I'm going to read in a couple other versions for you. It says verse five, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions, which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. That's that wide gate we've been talking about. But now verse six, we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now I'm going to read this in different versions so you can get it because I don't want you to go through listening to me and say, Oh, she's so holier than thou. I can't be like her. Anita is a sinner saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. So don't think anybody that's listening, any preacher, any bishop, any priest, anybody that you want to call out, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And here's in these different versions, I'm going to read about that sin because you have to understand his blood cleanse us of that unrighteousness. If we will repent and come to him and recognize that we have sinned and repent and tell God, forgive us of our sins and let us believe and understand who Jesus Christ, who is the only begotten son of God. I say this because there's a lot of mess out there. You have to repent. I have to repent. We have to repent of that sin. And we have to accept that free gift of eternal salvation through the son, Jesus Christ. Now I'm reading out of the amplified version of Romans seven, and I'm going to go to verse five again. It says here, starting at verse five, when we were living in the flesh trapped by sin, the sinful passions, which were awakened by that, which the law identifies as sin we're at work in our body to bear fruit for death since the willingness to sin led to death and separation from God. But now we have been released from the law and its penalty having died through Christ to that by which we were held captives so that we serve God in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter of the law. We could never fulfill the law. We can never fulfill the 10 commandments because we fail them. We have to come to God through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not on your bio, not on your assets, not on who you think, you know, what you think you have. If you don't have Christ, when you take your last breath and you are presented before the Holy God and he says, and his son doesn't vouch for you and say, that's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. You are going to find yourself going to hell and being thrown into the lake of fire. Let's move on. Cause I know this is the last time we're going to be talking this year. I have had the problem 
the struggle, the challenge, whatever word you want to use. I'm trying to keep it real with focusing too much about my tomorrows, my future. I'm not just talking. I don't, I don't have worries about financial things or this, but I've been concerned about tomorrow in a lot of different ways. And God, even in preparation for this teaching, I always prepare during the the week, the days before, but then the day of is the real deal. Things get on paper, notes that I've been putting get put together. And ultimately the last three or four hours before nine o'clock, he just puts all the pieces together so they can flow. Well, he gave me Matthew 6, 8, and I went to go read it. And I've read it many times in the teachings and I've said it to you. But when I read it tonight, hallelujah, Jesus, I just bawled. Thank God I don't do makeup until I get closer to nine o'clock. Because if I do it as I'm doing the teaching prep, God will touch me as he always does. And I'll be a mess. But let me read the scripture that touched my heart in Matthew chapter six, verse eight. Many of you know, my dad died in the natural when I was young. I have taken the father as my spiritual father and anything that I've ever needed. And I have desired to even be as a natural father. I go to the Lord and even with William Reverend Helm going to be with the Lord, I was at that state of when my dad died and I was like, wow, God, I feel like I'm, I'm, I've got family. I got all that, but there's this piece of you that's missing. And he had to fill it. And when I read this scripture tonight, I'm trying to get my act together so I can read it. I was so moved because God just spoke it into my spirit. And you've known, if you've listened to Milkshake Monday, I've said this scripture. But tonight, he just ministered to me to say, Anita, and I'm going to read it to you. I got myself together. I'm going to read it to you. Um, Verse eight says, therefore, do not be like them, which he's talking about the Pharisees praying vain repetitions. But then this piece that gets me is for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. And our heavenly father, it's our, it's not just mine. It's our heavenly father knows every need that you and I have. And he knows my emotional needs, my spiritual needs, my every part of the needs that you and I have, he knows it. And it wasn't just that he knows our needs. It said our father. And as a child who many of you may have lost your parents and you miss mama, you miss daddy, but my father in heaven has been who I gripped to. I mean, people, I my mom's 92 and I thank God for her life, but I've always held on that if I lost every person in my family, my mom, my sisters, my brothers, my children, everybody, I always would have my father in heaven. And so when I read that, it just pierced me in a way to say, Anita, you still have me and I'm enough. That Jaira song has been on me because I had to get to the place where he is enough. He has always been enough. And it's when you get to, I I don't, I'm not in a depressed state. I don't want you all to misunderstand me, but in your emotional state, when you're grieving, things are broken and God is putting them back together in a way that his Holy spirit is comforting me 
to bring me back together. I don't want to stay in a state where I, I'm going to just keep my head down because when you go through something in the valley, God is going to bring you to the mountain, but it's an elevation of where you are and where he's taking you. And that's development. And it causes you to grow. Purging, pruning causes you to grow and bear more fruit. And it's my prayer that I'm being open and and transparent with you all, because I don't want you to think that people who teach, people who are preaching, people who have the call in their life to do whatever for thus saith the Lord, that they don't go through challenges and struggles. We all do. But see, the reality is for those of you that don't know Christ, you're doing it by yourself. And this is telling you personally, that our father, and it says for your father, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Now we go into that disciples prayer and it goes to our father again, but I want y'all to jump over to 33 because I told you verse 33 in that same chapter six of Matthew, when you go through having any tragedy or it could be many things, not just the loss of a spouse or death of a loved one or job or circumstances or whatever your valley is. You still have to hear God's word about seek first the kingdom of God, because if you seek anything else first, a job, a spouse, your health, all these different things that you and I seek first, God will not take second place to anything in anybody. And he wants us to understand that when you seek him first, it says all these other things will be added because they're secondary. If you have him, you are enough. That song, Jira, if you have not listened to it in your spirit, I pray you get alone and you hear it and you get some tissues because if you open yourself up to hear the words of that message, you will see that all of us have to get to that place. And it says here, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, in verse 34, therefore do not worry. Many people are worrying at the end of this year. People are worrying going into the last last year, going through this year, get ready to go to the next year. But God says, don't worry. And you got to read that whole chapter six, but look at it says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. That was me. Focusing on what's going to happen in the next 60 days. What's going to happen next 30 days. What's going to happen the next year. What's going to happen in the next five years. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. What am I going to do? And God is saying, stop that. That's doubt and unbelief. That is fear and faith and fear do not walk together. And I've taught that, but I got to tell you what Satan whispers that you have to protect your mind from You have to go into the word of God and pray and seek God's face and lift your head up and hear his word for yourself. Not just listen to everybody on the news and listen to the TV and the radio and your your songs. You got to go to the Lord's word because that's what's going to build you up and help you bring your brokenness to wholeness in Christ. But it says here, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now I want y'all to go to Proverbs 27 because when God started telling me these things, he was level setting me to get my act together because there's work to be done 
for the service and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. People are leaving this place, killing themselves through suicide. I just heard about another suicide of a young woman in her twenties that was secretly being, it was in depression and people in poverty and people who are going through. And if we are only going to say, Hey, can you come to my church? It's not come to my church. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you who loved you, his own love for you. Let me tell you about the father, your father, who knows what you have need of before you even ask him. Let me tell you about tomorrow is something you don't need to worry about because we got to talk about your salvation today because we don't know about your tomorrow. You got to get to the nitty gritty of talking to them about Jesus Christ because Satan wants you to talk about everything, but because he can point a finger at people being hypocrites and oh that and oh this, but he can't say a word about Jesus because even his demons jumped out of people when God was delivered and said, Oh, low. They knew that was Jesus. They said, if you come to, before the time, they know the time is getting short, but look at Proverbs chapter 20, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 27, verse one, it says, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring forth. I want y'all to jump over to verse 17 of that same chapter 27 of Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Some of y'all are in friendship, but y'all not sharing Jesus Christ. Y'all not telling him about the word of God to sharpen him. Y'all talking foolishness and gossip and things that are not going to help sharpen them. But if you are a true friend, tell them about the truth of Jesus Christ. Tell them that they can't be outside the worship for all these years and think everything is right. It don't work that way. Verse 18 says, Whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit. So he who waits on his master will be honored. I want y'all to jump over because I'm going to keep this under the time tonight. I want you to go to Psalm 139. That's one of my favorites. And there's a lot in Psalm 139. And if you're struggling with, does God understand you? Does God care about you? Does God know what you're going through? You need to read Psalm 139. But I'm going to start at verse 14 and go to verse 17. Verse 14 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you are calling yourself all kinds of names, but fearfully and wonderfully made. Your father, my father, knew exactly what he put in that face of yours, in that butt of yours, in that body of yours, in the legs of yours, size of your feet, a little bit of your hair, a lot of bit of your hair. What, what's going on with you? He knew, but he wanted you to have faith in him, whatever you got going and know that you are loved by him. His own love fashioned you the way that you are. Now you may have done some sin that's caused that little body and that shell to be falling apart, but he loves you he demonstrate his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. So here we say in Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Guess what, gang? You're part of that marvelous work. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully. God don't do junk. We can do junk. We think we so cool and so smart, but God does it skillfully. How many of us have made a sun, a moon, a universe called day, have night, have stars. We ain't done that, but the skillful God has. And it says, and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth, your eyes saw my substance. 
As long as we are still here and breathing with the breath of life, God knows our substance. And that part of that substance he wants us to get familiar with is him, his word, his son, Jesus Christ. So you can have some, you can have some peace and you can share some love and understand his grace and his mercy and his own love toward us. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book, they all were written. And what was written gang? Our substance, what we were going to accomplish in this life, this short span of temporary life that we have in this mortal body. Because those of us who will accept the free gift of God's eternal salvation, we're going to have eternity with God the Father. It said God demonstrates his love toward us. We want to be with God who demonstrated his love so much that he sent his son. He doesn't want us to be separated and go to hell and the lake of fire with the demons and Satan. He wants us to come and choose life. And that's life in Christ. But many of us are listening to the devil, listening to the lies of the devil, whose whole purpose is to still kill and destroy us and still kill and destroy our children. The children haven't heard about the message of Christ because we're too, and I have to cuss Mary, you're too damn lazy. And guess what? When you keep being so lazy, you're going to damn those children to hell. They need to learn about Jesus, not about twerking and Instagram and Snapchat. Teach them about Jesus. Now let's go to John 316, which all y'all say y'all know. I'm sure of the few scriptures you remember from your Sunday school times, John 316, you may know. John 316 says for God, that same God that demonstrates his own love. He's saying all through the scriptures about his love, his love. And we all saying, I don't feel loved. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel like anybody cares. And God is saying, I love you, baby. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And he demonstrates his own love, not that phony love by that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that one person that wants to use you and abuse you and throw you back in the streets. His own love. And he says, for God so loved the world. Put your name in that world. He so loved the world that he gave. Y'all talk about giving gifts that got price tags. His gift is priceless and eternal. But he didn't put a price on it other than to say, you got to repent. You got to accept the free gift of God's salvation through Jesus Christ. But he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He only had one. And he gave it to you and I, but here's the thing that whosoever, are you going to be a whosoever? Are you going to be somebody that sits on the sideline and then that breath of life is gone and you're going to go before the Lord and you're going to say, I wasn't a whosoever. I didn't believe. I believed the devil and the darkness. And I went through the wide gate because I didn't want to be a whosoever, but I'm praying in the name of Jesus tonight that the Holy Spirit grab your attention and say, Whosoever believes in him, that same him that came while we were still sinners and hung on that cross and went through 33 years of being a, a human from baby to manhood with deity in, he was always deity, but he put on flesh because of us. And it says, but whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now I wanted to end with a scripture of John 21, 25. I didn't know if I'd had time, but I have gone through and 
I want y'all to understand something that John, who is the one that Christ loves, says. When I mentioned to you about Psalm 139, it talks about where can you go that, that the Lord doesn't know. He's not with you. And John ends his book. The disciple that Jesus loved, that Jesus entrusted his own mama to Mary. He ends this chapter of John 21, 25. And I want to say something to you. And there are also many other things that Jesus did. He died for you. But he says to us, as he's just gone through this chronicling of what he told Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? But then at the end of it, he says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written, if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world, he didn't say a nation. He didn't say two nations. He didn't say a continent. He said the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And he goes, amen. Do you understand that from the fashioning and fearfully, wonderfully made person that you are, that since your birth, that God has been orchestrating in prayer and intercession and orchestrating things in your life. Everything is not going to be good in our lives. I understand that. But God, do you understand what God has been doing in praying for all of us? Just praying for our salvation, praying that we would understand the love, his own love, his own love, and that we wouldn't listen to the devil and that we'd hear the truth and that somebody would water and somebody would plant that seed and somebody would come back and water and God would give the increase. He's been wanting you because it's not his will that any should perish. And he's doing all of these things. And this is just what John says when he was there. Can you imagine centuries that he's been doing and doing and doing because he wants us to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but there's so many people that think they don't need God. They don't need God. And when you see the John three, that people don't want to read past 16, it says there are going to be some people that don't do it. And I want to end this teaching for the end of the year for Milkshake Monday to explain to those of you that want to pass by Jesus that want to pass by any truth of God's word, that that's not a good thing. I'm trying to put it as simple as I know. There's a choice between life and death and God says, choose life. But those of you that choose death, choose the wide gate, choose to have nothing to do with Jesus, call this stupidity of, oh, that's a white man's religion, all that ignorance that you will listen to the devil. I want you to understand that John three talks about it. Verse 18, we'll go 18 to 21, then we'll end. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now I know that a lot of people say I have done evil deeds. I've been in the evil darkness, but that's why I started off with Romans five. He demonstrates 
his own love. That even knowing the evil deeds, the darkness, all the sin that you can think of, all the things that you don't want nobody to know about because, oh, you're going to be so embarrassed. You're going to be so shameful. God already knew him. God already knows him. God already knows what you're going to do in the future. But what you have to realize is that even while we were yet still sinners, Christ came and died for us. And I'd like to say a prayer tonight. I don't usually end with prayer. I end with the tagline, the harvest is ripe, the labor is few. But tonight I want, if you do not know Christ, I want to say this prayer with you. And if you do know Christ and you have not been serious about your faith, your walk with Christ, your ministry, what he is calling you to do, not past tense, but calling you, actively calling you to do. It's my prayer that you get serious, not wait till January 1st, 2022, because we don't know who's going to go into 22. Rev is not going into 22, but we know where he is. I don't know who under the sound of my voice will not see 2022. But for tonight, for this day that God has told us to worry about today, focus on today. Don't worry. The focus on today, because tomorrow is another day with its own trouble. But take care today. If you are not sure and know that you know that you know that you know that if Christ calls you home tonight, that breath in your body is gone heart attack, whatever it's going to be. If you're not sure, I ask you to just get before the Lord right now. Close your eyes, open your eyes. I don't care what you do, how you do it. I want you to say this prayer honestly with us tonight. We are praying and intercessors pray. I believe in the power of prayer. I pray tonight that some people are going to get saved because we don't want any more people to be in hell with Satan when there's a free gift of eternal salvation through Jesus Christ. So Father, we come before you recognizing, Lord, that you love us as dear children. And because of your own love, God, it says in the word of God that you demonstrate your own love for us, that you allowed your son, the only begotten son, to come and to take on human flesh and deity, God, so that we would have Away, And the word of God says that you are the way, the truth, and the life that nobody comes to the father except through your son, Jesus Christ. So we come before you recognizing that all of us, God, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we come before you repenting of our sins, God. We ask you to wash them away through the blood of Jesus. Cleanse us. And we know that your word says you will remember them no more. Father, we ask you to give us a heart, Lord to know how important it is to love and to come to your son for his salvation, for his love. And God, many of us struggle not to have peace. And we are coming before you, God, in the name of your son, Jesus, through his blood to give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. Satan doesn't want us to have peace. Satan wants us to have depression and burns and feel like we're inadequate and feel like we're not enough, God. But thanks be to God, Lord, that you've given us the word of God, that you've given us the Holy Spirit, a comforter, God, an advocate for us, Lord. We thank you that the Holy Spirit through groans, God, that only you understand through supernatural being that you you are almighty, all knowing God. I pray father that the people who do not know Christ will come to repentance and come to understand that they are loved. There's nothing they could do to earn it. It's just available freely because of the love that you have for all of us. God, 
And it's your will that we would seek you, Father, first, not last, not second, not third, to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, God. And all these things that we seem to be running after God, all these things shall be added unto us that are of your will, of your will, not of our flesh. The flesh is only leading us to death. But God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that those who have Christ and know Christ will get serious today so they can go, Lord willing, if it is your will for us to go into the new year, more focused about what Christ wants us to do in the service of his kingdom, not ourselves, not our titles, not our being puffed up and arrogant, God, but for the kingdom of God and for those new believers. I pray in the name of Jesus that you give them the direction to find Christian believers, uh, a Bible believing, Bible teaching church where they can grow and learn and study and find disciples who love, love, not judge and beat up, but love one another. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that all of the fruit that your word will provide, Father, that you just keep growing it and helping us to grow and mature in the service of Christ because the harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that we all get serious about the service to your name. It's to your glory and honor. We say this prayer tonight. God bless you. Amen.